Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mind in America. Today, we have another repeat special guest, Mr. Michael Collins, CEO of Nuclear Fuels on the CSE as NF. And congratulations, Mike, you are now on the OTC as NFUNF. Thank you so much, Janet. Um, yeah, we're pretty excited to be uh, listed on the OTCQX in the U.S. Um, better opportunities for our shareholders to be able to purchase us, um, but also very happy to be on your show again. It's always it's great to talk. To you. Excellent. Well, um, you've been busy this November at KC in Wyoming, and I see you just put out your third drill results. Yeah, we've been pretty pleased to get a drill rig turning at KC. Uh, we've started in the southern portion of that project, and in the release that we've just seen, uh, we've got our best interval there now, which is uh, seven feet at 0.142% uranium uh, with a grade tenor of almost one, um, grade thickness uh, tenor of, of, of one. That's sort of, that's that's a really, I think, a good, good thickness in terms of looking at... Um, production metrics. And also, it, if you look at it in the large, it's about twice the grade of most producing assets in the, the Powder River Basin. So those are, are things that get us excited and tells us we're heading in the right direction. So just to back it up a little bit, uh, Nuclear Fuels is focused on exploration for uranium in uh, Wyoming as its priority target, correct? That is correct. So our key project is the Casey project in uh, the western side of the Powder River Basin in Wyoming. It is an in-situ recovery target, which is a uh, production technique that has very low surface disturbance um, in Wyoming being an agreement state. It's also relatively quick to uh, permit new production in it. So it's, uh, I think we think it's an opportunity to build a resource and through our option agreement with um or back-end agreement that we have with Encore Energy, a uh, place that we can look to see uh being a producer um in, in the relatively near future. And and correct me if I'm wrong, there's not a lot of uranium exploration going on in the United States right now, which seems that you're out in front on this given the, the dynamics that are going on globally with uranium. That's really true. There, there are a few um, historic producers, that um, conventional producers, uh, that are starting to gear up to produce again. I think Encore is producing its first uh, yellow cake this month as well. Um, I know other companies are starting to hire up to bring standby operations back into, into operation. But really, there are no, um, we think we've probably got the most significant expiration asset in the U.S. West. Um, at Casey, uh, there are a couple other companies like Strathmore Plus and um, I think GTI, an Australian company, that are are starting their exploration out. But um, I don't think anyone has the same data set that we have on their project and the head start that we do in terms of looking uh, forward and being able to to see where we can build resources. So you have a lot of uh, historic data, correct, that you're building upon? Yeah, that's one of the key things that separates us. We have over 3,800 historic drill holes. Uh, we've got a couple of key reports that outline um, over 110 miles of, of roll fronts, which are the mineralized zones within the sedimentary uh, rocks in the in the Powder River Basin. Uh, so it's, it's a target-rich environment, as it were, and someone has already kind of beaten the path to tell us where to go. 
And I know you just uh, did an RTO, uh, went public several months ago. So how long have you, have you been drilling? We actually just started drilling. Uh, we mobilized at the end of October, and we've been drilling for, um, I guess, three weeks at this point. So, and, and fairly decent conditions in Wyoming still? It's been holding out for us. We, we're hoping that we can keep pushing as long as the, the snow holds out, we'll keep drilling. Nice, nice. So, so with your third re release, um, seven feet at 0.142 percent is that? Uh, That's correct, and a grade thickness of 0.992. So, so, very robust numbers. So, help me put this in context because I'm not uh, an expert on uranium exploration. Um, those grades are they uh, good? Uh, excellent, bad for, uh, obviously they're not bad if you release them, uh, and it's a headline, um, but put it in context for me so I can understand like how good is this? Yeah, so so really the, the threshold for economic grades in the Powder River Basin, um, talking with people who have put assets into production um, historically and, and really know that the cost structure um, of the Powder River Basin, they're really looking for a minimum two two foot interval with a minimum grade of 0.02, okay. um, and then a grade thickness of three. And obviously, if you have only two feet at 0.02, you're not going to get a grade thickness of of 0.3. But um, fundamentally, uh, those are those are the combined metrics. And you know, so we're seeing some really good results. I think over um, uh, 70. 74% of our drilling is uh, hitting at least trace mineralization, uranium mineralization, and a very significant portion of it is 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 really defining these roll fronts. And then we've got these high grade intersections, the higher grade intersections that were uh, that meet all those thresholds, and those are we're talking about more. But so these these are the numbers you want to see that you're getting right now. Like you're you're pleased with absolutely. Them. We're these pretty pleased with what we're doing. Your expectations. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a great team on the ground and. They're, um, I think they're getting better and better at their their uh, uh, targeting. Uh, really, no one has drilled exploration for ISR resources for you know 15 years almost. So it's it's you know we've got a couple people involved who um, have a, a deep history of that type of exploration, but still have to tune up the team and get to know the local environment and and local environmental factors. So. So. And let's let's talk a little bit about in situ recovery ISR because you've made some references to it and I always joke that I think people in ISR are some of the worst marketers out there because people don't know enough about it. That is pretty fair. It's sixty percent of uranium globally comes through in situ recovery. So, what is in situ recovery? So, really, with in situ recovery, you're looking at um, uranium that is uh, encrusted. In sand, on sandstone grains and sedimentary packages. Um, and, and you're looking to mobilize that uranium using oxygenated uh, water. And then you withdraw slightly more water than you pump down. Uh, the withdrawn water is liberated uranium. And you simply take that um, enriched uranium enriched water, run it through a resin bed, which strips the uranium off of it and actually other contaminants as well. And then you add more oxygen to it and you pump it back down. So really your um, your production um, field, it's it's not a hole in the ground, it's not a tunnel, it's a number of wellheads um, in a field and uh, pipelines taking that that water 
um, to and from the um, the facility. It's great in terms of uh, uh, water usage because we really don't use a whole lot more water than we, um, it, it just goes around in a cycle. And some of it gets pumped into disposal wells because we do have to pull a little bit more than we pump, but it all really stays uh, within the aquifers, so. But the, but the, the actual, production through ISR is not your focus. You're focused on defining a resource there, correct? That is correct. We'll do a little bit of work uh, making sure that the, the resources that we identify are, are amenable to ISR uh, production and qualifying it for that. But um, we've got a great um, uh, relationship with Encore Energy, who actually vended the KC uh, project into our company, um, that they can claw back a 51% interest in the project on our presenting a 15 million pound resource. And um, at that time, they will also agree to carry our 49% interest, re retained interest to production, which will make us a producer, um, but also giving us 2.5 times our expiration dollars, which will allow us to get to production on that 49% without diluting our shareholders. And that's something that nobody really likes, but it's it's a really unique pathway to production for an exploration company. It's an, a, an exceptional opportunity, I think. But first things first, uh, a lot of drilling to prove up to a modern day 43-101 compliant resource? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. So that's our target is to push to get that uh, 15 million pounds and how fast can we reach that target uh, is, is something that we ask ourselves daily. So we can expect to see a bit more drilling uh, until weather chases you out and then you'll be back in again in 24? That is correct. We'll be getting in there as early as we can in 24. Um, hopefully the weather holds for us a bit longer. It's um, it's always a little dicey at this time of year where, where the weather is going to go. But um, yeah, we'll, we've got a fair bit of work to do this winter as well, uh, looking at our results and, and seeing where that takes us. Um, for maximizing the value of our, our expiration dollars and our drilling. Um, quite interestingly, really, we're looking at, you know, $60 a meter um, or, you know, 20, call it $20 a foot um, cost for drilling. So we're, we're doing a lot of drilling, um, but it's not that expensive. It's not as expensive if, if you were doing core recovery or something like that, where, you know, you'd be looking at $250 a meter, things like well, that. So. Very and I recall, the, I recall the first time I saw drilling for ISR amenable type of um, uranium um, deposits or resources, uh, your, your choice on what word to use. Um, it's, it's, it caught me off guard because I was used to uh, core, a diamond drill or RC. So this is, is a bit different if you want to explain it because your results come out very quick. Yeah, so there's two aspects to that. One is with a diamond drill rig, diamond recovery drill rig, um, you'd be looking, you'd be very happy if you got 300 feet or 100 meters of of uh, recovery or drilling in a day. Um, our drillers are looking at doing, their target is 1,500 feet a day of drilling. And you can watch the, 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 um, the drill stem go down into the ground very quickly and getting swapped out. Um, and that that is uh, a huge advantage because we can move so much more quickly in, in getting drilled results. The other side of it is um, we're using um, equivalent uranium U308 values for our assays 
using a downhole gamma probe. And basically the, um, the drill rig moves off of the hole and moves to the next hole after it's completed a hole. And then the gamma logging truck backs up onto the hole and they drop a probe down um, you know, 10 or 15 minutes later. And within a couple hours, we, we have results uh, from that hole um, on passive gamma uranium equivalent uh, grades. And that's, that's so we get our assays the same day as opposed to um, looking at uh, sending chemical assays to a lab. And it takes you know three months or maybe four months, maybe five months to get your results. And then you can go back and plan your next hole, which is is not a very effective or efficient way to operate. So it allows us to look at the last hole and plan two or three holes out saying, where are we going to go next? That's spectacular. Yeah, you know, you raise a really good point about the planning process. Um, how do you plan? And that's a whole other topic for another another day. But how yeah. do you plan for uh, a drill program when you're waiting months for uh, results? So so you're able to move quickly. How, how deep are you drilling again? Um, right now, our, our max target depth is about 700 feet, but um, there are a couple targets that we think are going to be a little higher grade, and we'll push that a little bit deeper as well, I think, at some points. Okay. So sandstone hosted, under the water table, uh, yep. good numbers out uh, in our latest news. Anything I'm missing that you want to talk about? I would I would watch the company, you know, eventually we'll, it'll, it'll be a little quiet on the drilling side in the new year. But I think you'll also see some uh, new projects coming in that we'll be talking about, um, expanding on what we're already doing, and uh, that that'll be very interesting as well. Different opportunities that we're bringing forward. Well, excellent. Thank you very much uh, for your time today, Mike. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks very much as well, Janet. It's great to to talk to you again on on your nuclear fuels. Well, thanks, and uh, thank you everyone for joining us today on Mind in America. Our guest has been. CEO of Nuclear Fuels, uh, Mike Collins. They trade on the CSE as NF and now on the OTC as NFUNF. Thanks again, Mike. Thanks so much, Janet. Take care.